Zardo, I need you to roll initiative. Right now. Uh, Nat Fine. 1. No. This... <laughs> Fine, I'm rolling it for you. I don't have my dice right now. I didn't um, know I needed to be rolling. You got an 18. Congratulations. Oh, good. Oh, uh, I don't know what your bonuses are, but you, you, you rolled pretty high. Uh, okay, hold on. Good. For the enemy. Uh, you're going first. Uh, who's the enemy? This podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Skeleton Crew Podcast. Hi, everybody. I actually, that, that, that noise that you heard was an actual metal die that I have. It's nice. My, it's my couple's d20, which I rolled. Oh, cool. Party. Yeah. Uh, I'm Strauss, that's Sordo, and uh, th this opening bit is actually relevant for once. A, a rare time where we have a relevant cold open <laughs> until we eventually get a theme song. I'm going to talk about the game that completely altered my life and remolded my brain like clay. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I was almost had wanted to ask how much sleep have you lost because of today's subject matter, and the answer would probably be too much. <laughs> so many. <laughs> yeah, it, across the board. But yes, folks, today we are talking about potential game of the year award winner. I mean, not not the not the bone not the bonies. That's our awards. That that yeah. is coming. And yes, I'm officially naming them the bonies. I, I accept that. I I it was that or the boner awards, and I felt this was the better option. The, the boners are for our negative opinions of media. No, no, that's for our sexy opinions of media, and only the sexy ones. But yeah, we're we're talking about Baldur's Gate three today. You might have heard of it. I don't know. Little little known game hasn't gotten much traction. Yeah, um, that's only happens when we're talking about stuff like Hey K Story, okay? <laughs> only when we talk about things that we know didn't get popular. Let's not lie here. This was one of the games, one of the games of a very stacked year. But today, yes, we are talking about Baldur's Gate three, aka Bald Gate. Bald, bald gate, bald gate, bald, 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 bald. <laughs> just one of my um, favorite bits from uh that, that one's the spongebob movie yes yeah, because i remember because king neptune appears in an episode where he's like a big muscular dude who goes ah 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 yes but that's not what he is in the movie which is fine so strauss give us kind of the the condensed version of what Baldur's Gate 3 is and is about. Like, oh, okay. the, the the very Cliff Notes version. Okay, so the Cliff Notes <laughs> version of Baldur's Gate 3, of what it is. Baldur's Gate 3 is a CRPG released this year in early August. It is the sequel to Bioware's duology of Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, which came out in, like, the late 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> a bit it's it's been a bit they are based after the engines and dragons of which they have several of at least a of the dragon variety in this time around there's there's definitely I, there's also some dungeons there so it it fulfills on its promise it's set in that universe yeah, it, it is there's set in, uh, specifically forgotten realms we should mention mm -hmm. for those who uh, don't there's... know what that means Congratulations, you're not a giant enough dork. 
there's like a, a tremendous amount of lore behind the universe, but the good news is, for new people to this, you don't really have to know any of that. <laughs> now, uh, much like playing actual D&D, your level of actual knowledge of Dungeons and Dragons lore it can be minimal. The game will explain a lot of stuff. Uh, and also, not explain some stuff, because, well, the criticism section is going to be interesting. Um, yes. Point is... It is a video game based on Dungeons and Dragons. It takes place on the Sword Coast, around, and within the city of Baldur's Gate. Hence the name. Hence the name. And you play as, well, we'll get there. It was released to critical acclaim and massive praise by the by peoples in early August, and it is now in the running for potentially Game of the Year. People and, have lost their minds over this thing yeah. with good reason. This is one of the two games people have lost their minds over. The other one was Tears of the Kingdom. But that was more for the programming <laughs> side of thing. That Did you ever see that my, one of my new favorite genres of tweets? Uh, which kind? Which were uh, game programmers reacting to Tears of the Kingdom physics. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> going, excuse me? Yes. Those, yeah. that, that was great, by the way. If, if, if there was one thing great about the last, the most recent Zelda game, it was definitely seeing all these professionals being like, what sort of wizardry is this? So, the the basic premise of Baldur's Gate 3, I'm, I'm going to keep this extremely short. Uh, the thing is, you wake up, in a Mind Flayer pod. And you might have seen Mind Flayers. They're these people that have basically squid heads. Uh, Mind Flayers have kidnapped you and they've put a parasite in your skull. And Apple. the parasite... Yes, the, the parasite gives you um, the, the ability to telepathically communicate with people who also have the parasite. And uh, you... Yes, it, it turns you into a mind flare after several days, except you're built different, apparently, for some reason. Uh, so you you break out of the ship after finding some other people in a similar situation to you. Your ship crash lands, and you survive the wreckage. You find survivors, and your goal is to get this worm out of your skull, or don't. Uh, th more on that later. <laughs> but so basically, that's... The, the inciting incident is you are either one of several pre-made characters or your own original character. You are in a pod. You you wake up in a pod on, a, on what is known as a nautiloid, which is the ships that mind players fly around in space in. They're big, squiddly ships. Yep. <laughs> uh, very squiddy all around and you go across this very large sprawling adventure of trying to figure out what the hell's going on get rid of the tadpole or or don't you maybe you want to become a mind player that some people want to it's it's very well summed up by and i ask myself how did i get here <laughs> yeah and that's basically what the story starts off as we will go more into details later but Sardo, I have a question for you. Because you and I played this game, but not on the same platform. No, we didn't. Was you played the PS5 version, and I played the PC I... version. 
I I like to joke that um I don't call my PS5 a PS5. It's my Baldur's Gate machine because that's all I have played on it so far. For now. It, it's now <laughs> for, for now. I'm, I'm going to be forcing Sarda to play other things with me on that on yes. stream. But for now, how would you say a game that was clearly designed with the PC's functionality of a keyboard and mouse as its prim- primary way of doing things, how would you say it played on PlayStation? I think it handled pad. fine. Um, I think it handled fine. The The gamepad worked well. There was there was some stuff I had to kind of learn. Uh, I think my biggest gripes were... Um, my, my biggest actual gripe with the game was camera control. Uh, it, uh. it got to be kind of a kick in the dick sometimes. Didn't always handle the best. That was probably the, the worst yeah. translated thing. That, that's sort of... I've only played one other sort of classic like style CRPG of this variety on a play on like a home console Mm -hmm. that was pillars of eternity one and i would be the first to agree that like while it actually worked pretty well you definitely feel like there's some jank to it like there's a small amount of jank (laughs) but it's like the type of jank you can only get when you're trying to fit like a square peg into a round hole and really, it didn't impact my enjoyment of combat or anything that much, so that's not a problem. My my other gripe, which has honestly nothing to do with anything, is I wish I could do mods, but that's fine. I just, I didn't, I'm not a big PC game person. I've never really enjoyed playing games on the computer. So it's like, I'm probably going to use the PS5 for other stuff anyway, so I'd rather well, do yeah, that no, and th- upgrade to it. I, I get that also, like, getting a computer that can run a game of Baldur's Gate 3's size is also kind of pricey. This is a thick game. <laughs> yeah, okay, so we need to mention that, like, one of my big, one of my, like, we're, we're starting with these small technical gripe things because they're kind of boring to talk about for mm-hmm. us. But they do bear mentioning, this game is big. And by big, I mean file size big. It When it dropped, it was 120 gigs, which is a and lot. It, but it makes sense also because this is a densely oh, loaded, multi-layered... This like, there's, this isn't a there's case a lot where, of... I, I agree with you. This isn't a case where it's like one of those games where they just... Why, where you ask, why is this 100 gigs? This is one of those games where it's like, I know why it's 100 gigs. There's there's a lot of shit going on, yeah. and and I guess if we're getting other like, ne- never mind. We'll we'll save that for we'll yeah. save that for we later. But yeah, I think talk about, but it, it bears like if there's one problem with you buy it, it does mean you have to like I had like way more games on my desktop, and I saw all the icons having to disappear over time. Yeah, it's it's a big game. It's big. It just know that going in. And if you're getting it on anything, it's going to be big. It's going to take up a lot of space. Be ready. Luckily, this game does, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. feel like it's actually 100 gigs plus gigs worth of stuff in there. Yeah, she's she's soup that eats like a meal. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This this is a full on like stew. Yeah, there are. This isn't just a gravy and some chicken. There's also some potatoes in there. And a carrot, too. Maybe even some but, onions. 
Yeah. So I, I guess when we're talking about kind of your initial things, let's talk about the characters. And let's start well, with your think, original I, I character choice. We're going to start uh -huh. with the fact that this game lets you pick or create your own character. So let's start, first things first, with the origin characters. But yeah, that's, that's what I was... That the game lets you do it. <laughs> okay. Which is, you move over and you click one and they introduce your, themselves for you, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So now begins one of what I'm like to call Strauss is about to compare this game to Ra Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous a bunch of times. I'm sorry now. Okay. And that is when you got pre, if, I'm not sure if you remember this, when you did like the pre-generated characters for uh, Wrath of the Righteous, they were just there. Yeah. Here, you click on them and there's a little trailer. Yeah. <laughs> you, you get everyone. Yeah. So who I and I believe the first one on the list is a certain Gale of Waterdeep. Would you like to introduce? Ah, uh, Mister of Waterdeep. <laughs> uh, Gale, Gale of Waterdeep. He is a wizard. Mm -hmm. Uh, he has okay. a spectacular mullet. I'm not really sure. It's I. A it's a it's a mullet to me. It is it is some Billy Ray Cyrus achy breaky heart looking hair. I just think it's just the way his hair falls because my hair uh, does the same thing. And I know okay, mine's well, maybe it's maybe it's not a mullet. I apologize. But the point I, is, he's got some excellent hair, a nice beard, and he he's a very nice looking man. <laughs> and he and what what I like because I wanted to do this like how the game does it because. Unlike just being like up, you're being presented with a pre-generated character, you're being given the chance to play as one of the prospective party members as a character. Yes, I, I, I want I wanted to do it this way because you're not just playing Gale of Waterdeep as like a character sheet that you're given. You're playing Gale of Waterdeep and all of his lore. <laughs> That yes. will pop up in game, and he tells you, and I, I like this. Each each character gets their own little like introduction scene, which tells you what they're about, and each one is really goofy <laughs> because they're just kind of standing there, being like, "I'm Gale of Waterdeep, and this is my bullshit." <laughs> and uh, Gale is a wizard, and he used to be the favorite of the goddess Mistra. Uh, a little more than a favorite. They they were a thing. Uh, fa by favorite, I mean they were probably doing it. Point is... No, they were definitely... No, it's it's confirmed. They were doing it. This man did I, it with a I, goddess. I don't think she does it. I'm, oh, I'm not no. saying he does it. I'm saying she does it. <laughs> I'm accusing her. Jokes but... aside, um, he has uh, this a problem that you are introduced to as he has to feed off of what is known as the weave, which is basically the web of magic in the universe. So you, you have to feed him magic items. And my favorite way that a character described this is Gale slurps them down like a horse with a carrot. <laughs> He's got to eat your boots, man. He's got to eat boots. He's got to eat the boots. We're, we're, we're so going to go more in depth into these characters in a bit we're just kind of introducing them just so you know who you're dealing with but but gail has the reason he has to feed upon the weave is because he has basically a magical nuke stuck in his chest from a previous mishap where he tried to defy mistra and 
merge with the weave, essentially. He did an oops, and this is his punishment. Yeah, so now Gale could blow himself up, and you can make Gale blow himself up during the game at several points. Oh, it's a button. It's just a button you could press at any time. And yeah. That will always be extremely funny to me. Like, <laughs> it's very funny. It's like, here's the Gale will explode and kill everyone in a, like, four-mile radius button. <laughs> here's the I will I, I love... here's the nuke button. <laughs> I, I love the exploding gale button, just available to you whenever you want. It's like, oh, I could just blow everything up right now. You can actually game over. This is one of the many non-standard game overs you can get in this game. Is at any one point when you're, when you could just blow up the final boss, you could just do it with this nuke that is stuck inside Gale's chest. At any time. And thin. he'll even say at certain points, it's like, Hey, let let me do my thing. <laughs> this is this is what I need to do, and more, you can tell more, him, more no, you is, don't. More more on why that is in a bit, because we got several other characters to introduce to you. But yeah, that's that's Mister of Waterdeep. Yeah, that's Mister um, of Waterdeep. Uh, he's really... he's. Oh, finish, please. Personality wise, he's he's a sweetie pie. He's a little socially awkward. He he likes his books. He likes his flying cat, uh, familiar. Named Tara. She's great. Uh, he's he's a nice dude. He got a serious upgrade from early access where he was uh, a little more different, but he's he's a good boy here. I love Gale. <laughs> yeah. Next up is God's favorite favorite princess, if I remember if it's like when you open it. Yes. Uh, one Shadow Heart, Cleric of Shar, who has a who has memory loss issues. And a mysterious artifact. Ooh, exciting. Yes. Um, more on her later. She's a... We're not going she's to go... She's a moody... Go, she's know, a moody goth girl. <laughs> she's the moody gothy one who worships the, the evil goddess, but is, doesn't seem so mean about it. No, this is not the first time this has happened in Baldur's Gate game. More on that later. Next up is, uh, I believe, in on the list is, uh, <laughs> I believe it's Lazelle, and that's I love <laughs> I do too. I just think it's funny that she's next to dear old Shadowheart, who uh, there there's there's a thing between them. Trust me, they they have issues. <laughs> they they have they have they have their stuff with each other. Lazelle is a, one of the more interesting characters in this game in that she's a Githyanki. There's a reason why she, I haven't been mentioning playable races yet. That's going to come up later in the criticism section. And and TLDR, they are a race of, like, greenish-skinned, alien-kind-of-looking people. They got, like, little snubbed Whoville noses. And they are very militaristic. They have psychic powers. And they will hurt you. They are the, <laughs> And Lazelle will hurt you. And they are the sworn enemy of, of the Gaith in their tongue or mind flayers or lithids depending on what you want to call them all the same thing yep because they used to be enslaved by them during their grand star spanning empire they broke free destroyed the grain design and are now basically sworn enemies mm -hmm. lazelle is that to a t she's militant 
She is mean. She's kind of nasty. She, she thinks you're stupid, and she won't hesitate to tell you to your face. And you're into that. Well, good, good job, soldier. You can romance her. And it's pretty great. Yeah, it's I have, great. I have romanced Lazelle, and it's wonderful. Oh, no, it is. Every, every one of these characters we mentioned are, by the way, romanceable. BT. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fourth, yeah. I believe, on that list, amusingly, is a Starian. I'll let you take this one. I know you want to. So, fourth on the list, are are we talking about? Are we talking about the Twink? We're, we, yes, we're talking about a Starian. Starian. Yeah. Um, you might know this guy. Uh. Everybody on the internet has lost their fucking minds over this little freak. Uh, Astarian, the pale elf. He is an elf and a vampire. It's it's pretty obvious he's a vampire, even when he doesn't say it outright. No, it's funny. He is a rogue. He tells you in his in his little like character trailer. Mm-hmm. It's not a secret. No, he's he's very vampire coded, but. Uh, he's, he reminds me a little bit, his, his manner of speech reminds me a lot of Tim Curry. He's very like, oh, darling, oh my. He is a, uh, he is a vampire, uh, not a high-end vampire, just a vampire. A vampire spawn. And he, he's the, he's the one companion who I think him and Lazelle are like, if you kick a puppy, Asterian will approve. If you pet the dog, Asterion will disapprove. He's he's that kind of guy. He's 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 a little bastard. He's crusty. He's dusty. You he's great. Him. <laughs> I love him too. Yeah. And Next then on the origin character list is one of my one of our part of our we're part of the defense squad for him. Dear sweet beloved Will, the Will Ravenguard. Will is a warlock, which means he has a deal with a devil. In at least in this case, there there are other ones you can pick, by the way. But in this yes. case, it's a devil. <laughs> to which gives him magical powers, so he can go save people as long as he keeps his patron happy. He has a prosthetic eye. It's actually a sending stone, which I think is a really neat little detail. <laughs> and uh, he's one of the. Uh, few interesting cases of having a black fantasy character so fuck off certain people and, and there's the, i think will's going to take up a large part of the complaint section because not because of not because of his character because he is one of my favorites but because of the way he's handled more on that later but will is i'd say one of the few out and out like cut and dry good aligned companions in the Absolutely. party He's, he's, I, I think he's like the most like stock fantasy hero in terms of like general personality. To compare it to another piece of D&D media that I know both of us have seen, he's Zank. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's the Zank in, of this game. If you've seen the D&D movie Honor Among Thieves, then you know what I mean. He's yeah. The, he's the most stock heroic character you're going to get, and that's great. He's the Blade of Frontiers, and I would die for him. <laughs> I would too. Though, I wouldn't because he would be really upset about it. 
No, I would I would live for him. There you and go. try to be a better person. And I that would, would die make for him, happy. but he wouldn't let me but he won't let you. Yes. He'd be very, he's a hero. He would be very upset, and I don't want that. And speaking of being upset if they if someone were to die, our last origin character, which is the main ones you can pick that aren't a specific special one and your custom build one, which is what most people did, because of course of course we did. More on those versions later. But we need to talk about the largest member of the party of origin characters, uh, Karlak. Or Sweetie Pie Honey Bunch. <laughs> Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. <laughs> she is a tiefling barbarian. She's and she's huge. She's big. She's recently escaped from the Hells, or Avernus, and she's here to... Well, not go back, but she has she an infernal engine as a heart, and it's uh, it's a bit of a problem. And it's it's malfunctioning. It's not going to last long here up here on the surface because it's not hot enough for it expels too much heat. But she's she is a big burly lady that can punch the shit out of stuff. She smokes cigars. She swears like a sailor, and she she is just so sweet and adorable. And she has the personality. <laughs> Of a teddy bear. She she has a teddy bear. Yeah, His name Clive. is Clive. <laughs> is this a reference to Final Fantasy 16? Probably not, but it is now. Harlack is a lot of people's favorites for a very good reason. Well, no, she's a because... very specific subsect of people's favorites, and it's very obvious as to why. More on that later. Well, yes. There are more companions, yeah. but those are the origin companions. Those are the ones that you can be the main character of if you want to be. Yes. Which is in, which is exciting. We so, did not do that. <laughs> Neither nope. In fact, most people didn't. Statistically speaking, 80% of all players did what we did, which is make our own Tav. Tav is the name quote-unquote default given. default name for for your adventure yeah. for your adventurer of your making um you played a i played a half elf bard warlock named uh his name here was his actual name seojun uh you might know him better as ezra <laughs> ezra the liar <laughs> and i played makoto a a very fun little monk lady who went around doing the punchies <laughs> and we also the two of us created the fantastical princess shilam she was great she's great <laughs> but that's just the important thing no i think that is basically introducing all the key players of the in of the what I'm going to call the initial party. There are some more companions and we're going to get into them. But mm -hmm. that's just introducing them. So let's start with act 1. You are you get off the tutorial Nautiloid and you you are tasked with a very simple job. Figure out how to even get rid of this thing in your head. You are dropped in this area outside of Baldur's Gate, sort of south of it, I believe. Deep in the wilderness. And basically, you start wandering around, you pick up all the party members. Gale's found in a magic hole. So of course he is. So you can choose to give him a high five instead of pulling him out. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is true. 
Astarian is there. He's just kind of wandering around waiting for people to stab. <laughs> Lysel got caught in a trap. Shadowheart's the one you meet first at, outside of this where she's just on the ground being God's favorite princess. Mm -hmm. A gatekeeper and a hater. And of course you eventually run into Will and Carlac a bit later on if you're not playing as them. And you are caught in between a, a battle between a bunch of goblins and a grove of druids. Grove of druids and also a bunch of tieflings that are staying at the grove in the meantime. That the druids want them out. They're free. We don't want them here. They're kind of, we didn't ask for them. And basically the druids are peaceful and they don't want to deal with the fact that these goblins are attacking because of, supposedly... Because of these tieflings. Yes. So you you get the choice of how you want to deal with the goblins. You can actually side with the goblins and destroy the druid grove. Or you can do the like thing that I'm pretty sure most people did. Because oh, like, it feels really bad to attack the grove. Most people did not. Much like... Every, every time they... I was talking about this the other day with some other people. It is very common when a game gives you the option of being evil or good. Most people pick good for a reason. Yes. And most people usually help the grove. You go fight the goblins, etc., etc. And you and run you into... Rescue. Into the druid leader. His name is Halson. More on him in a bit. Because <laughs> he's actually important here. Mm-hmm. And you... Uh, basically take out the goblins leaders pretty much slaughter them which yeah, is you you kill them it's it's real fun <laughs> yeah. they're nasty yeah they're they're an unpleasant foul bunch it's it's very like you know stock D, &D like go and kill a bunch of goblins cuz they're they cuz they're awful <laughs> they eat people they're kind of they're stinky you're stinky and crass and gross. Well, what and, you learn yeah. is, is that while there is that learn about this thing called the absolute, this weird culty religion about this unseeable being known as the absolute who has great control over these goblins because they all got tadpoles in their head. Of just like you, just like you, which is strange. And also in turn, they are going towards Moonrise Tower. And basically, what you learn is there's more going on here. But before we do that, there's two more characters we need to introduce real quick. Because you're either getting, well, up until Patch 5, which came out yesterday, you were either A, siding with the goblins and getting a, a paladin named Minthara, she's a drow, or the wood elf, Halson, who's a druid. Would you like to uh, introduce Halson for the for the for the dear listeners. Everyone wants to climb Mount Halson, myself included. He's he's a big burly elf. He can shapeshift into a bear. Uh he can shapeshift into a lot of things actually, but but the bear is his preferred one. Uh he definitely seems like the kind of guy who would go to Burning Man. Sure. And yeah, yes. 
but he's he's fun in that he's he is an elf, but he's just he's big. He's so big. <laughs> a rarity in um, male elf looks, by the but way. he's 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 like a very kind, like kind of like gentle, soft-spoken dude. And he's yoked. Yoked. He's so yoked. <laughs> But Big yeah, that's 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 Halson. Um he's also one of one of a couple of characters you can be polyamorous with in this. So <laughs> Yeah. He's also one of, not only a romance companion, but he's one of the two up until patch 5 completely was at one point exclusive. I'm not sure what it is now that patch 5 comes out. We'll talk about that in a bit. Because a lot of stuff was added in Patch 5. Yeah. But he was yeah, exclusive you can get... because it was either him or Minthara. Yes. And, uh, because... yeah. And the only way to get Minthara is to help destroy the Grove. So, or until <laughs> not a lot of people want where, uh, I'm not sure how it works because it is literally as of yesterday from recording. You could knock her out in Act 1 and she'd reappear in Act 2. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm not sure exactly how that works, but that's a thing now. And what you learned... Oh, we skipped Sorry, over a very important thing. Oh? We skipped over the dream visitor. Your dream girl. Oh, that's right. Because you get to make a second person when, you, um, when you're creating your character. A and dream yeah, you... Guardian. So this this person, as the name implies, appears to you in your dreams and kind of drops some useful but cryptic information about your brain worm and what's going on with that. And more on that later. They're not all they appear to be. That's all I'll say. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you finish up the grove, you get Hulsen or Minthara, Whichever one you choose. And that leads into part two, which takes place a good chunk of it in the Underdark. No, actually, you, no, that's still Act 1. Oh, that's Act 1, that's right. But uh, the Shadow Cursed Lands, I'm yeah, sorry. The Shadow Cursed Lands is Act 2. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in Act 1. We'll, we'll talk more in depth a bit. We're just doing the overview. Act 1 and 2 kind of bleed into each other, I feel like. I mean, they do. They're, they're very much... You could still go back to places in Act 1, but that's why th that probably feels that way. Act 2, you now have to deal with the stuff in Moonrise Tower, where you learn somewhat what's going on, where you end up learning about Catherick Thorne. Who is part of something called the Dread Three. Ooh. And also was the first character I met who was not played by, by a British person. <laughs> No, it's just so funny. It's... it's because I remember when, like, I was playing the game for the first time, and I got that part. And I got yeah. to, like, there's this one lady, she's Russian-sounding. I'm like, okay, still European. And then I ran into J.K. Simmons playing Catherick Thorne. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's and JK... Americans in this. <laughs> J.K. Simmons is like, I'm not gonna fucking do a British accent. 
And we you love him me for to it. JK Simmons my way through this role and I'm gonna do it. And he does a wonderful job. <laughs> it's just funny because it's so like you go through so much of this game with like everyone being like, Oi, how are you? Or hello, I'm from Canterbury. Tea and scones. And then there's I'm J.K. Simmons. <laughs> and it's such a whiplash moment. Because no one else sounds like that in the entire game. It's just so funny. That it's just J.K. Simmons out of the blue like that. But Catherick Thorm is a figure who who is in the Dread 3. He's an avatar of the god Mirkul, who is the, the god of death, or one of the one of the gods well, of death. There are three so death gods in Forgotten Realms. Mm-hmm. One of them is Merkel. The other one is Bane. And one of well, them is no, Bane, Bane Bane is like the god of tyranny. Wait, wait. But they're they're like all evil gods. It, it, it's it's a whole trifecta thing. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Don't worry about it. But but yeah, don't don't worry too much about it. Um, so Catherick Thorm is like this. He's he's one of the bad guys who's kind of like working with the absolute, and you've got to stop him. Well, what we learn is is that the absolute is the mother brain. Mm-hmm. Or the nether brain, which is basically the uh, head of all things. Uh, mind flayer. It's it's the big it's, it's the big, big bad here. It's a large brain, <laughs> and it's, and it's pretty fucking metal. It's pretty metal, and it's being uh, controlled by the dread three, uh, who we learn is Orn the Red. Mm -hmm. And for Gortash, more on him later. And, uh, of course, Catherick Thorm, who we just mentioned. Yes. So, basically, what you learn is that all of they, these three are following the orders of the dead three, which are their gods, to take over the Sword Coast. As you do. And they're using the tadpoles to do it. And it's it's become a whole cult and everything. So they're they're kind of like stretching their evil through. And you have to venture into the Shadow Cursed Lands and deal with Mr. Thorm. And along the way, you meet a cleric of Saloon, the moon goddess. Her name is Isabel. What you learn is is that Shadowheart being a, a cleric of Shar is now it needs to be noted that Shar and Saluna used to be part of the same being. They were, yeah, they, they were sisters, basically. And they uh, had a very bad, nasty falling out, and neither side likes the other. That's really all you need to know in this case. It doesn't go well. So, shit happens. Uh, one of Catherick's minions attacks, tries to kidnap Isabel, brings a whole bunch of dudes to this place in the Shadow Cursed Lands called Last Light Inn, which is basically the last refuge for for some of the folks who are dealing with the Absolute. Uh, and it's you have to save down. Isabel! Yeah, you, 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 you can save her, or you can fail. Yeah! Which is fun. It is fun. 
But you also meet Jahira, and Jahira is somebody from one of the previous Baldur's Gate games. She, she has a Russian from, accent. She's from both, actually. Mm-hmm. And she's a very hot older lady. Yeah. Well, this is her in her hot older lady years, because she's yes. like 200 plus years old. <laughs> she is uh, a druid. She was at the battle that caused the Shadow Curse Lands, where, which was a battle against... Catherine Thorne back in the day when he was a disciple of Shar. It's very much a how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man, kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so here she is. And, uh, she's, one, she's a Harper, which is a whole organization. We're not really going to go into that. Harper? Are, are kind of like freelance do-gooders. <laughs> They're a network of do-gooders who try to help people do things. That's really all you need to know. And, uh... Yeah. And you're also tasked with finding something called the Night Song. This is related. <laughs> this is related to all of this. Hey, you go find the Night Song, you learn that it's an Azamar named Aelin, daughter of Salude. And also Isabel's girlfriend. This is important. She's she's a very powerful lesbian in a suit of armor, and I love her very much. <laughs> this is true. But, uh, yeah. You can find them. And, and if you, you if you choose to free her, Sorry, go ahead. You get a choice. Our beloved Shadowheart gets to have a choice of either kill the Night Song or don't. And this is where you shall take over. And if you don't kill her, then Aelin is grateful to you. She reunites with her girlfriend. And we also find out that Isabel died at one point and was brought back to life by, by her father, who was so deep in grief that he basically swore himself to Merkel in order to bring his daughter back. <laughs> yeah. And he's he's very sad about it. Um, that's his thing. He's a very sad man. But Isabel's like, fuck you, Catherick. And so she, if you choose to rescue her, she aids you in your battle against him. And from pretty much here on out, you're friends. Yes. She, she hangs out in your camp. It's great there and uh, you fight Catherick you win then you move on to Boulder's Gate and this is where the game gets um well this is where the pacing gets all over the place <laughs> it, it gets a little silly <laughs> here is basically where everything has to tie itself up so every loose end is taken care of you fight the other two members of the Dread 3 of uh, Gortash and Orn the Red. And eventually you're given the option of basically do you take over the Mother Brain or not? There you go. And that's basically and... what happens in the game in a very, very short version because we're going to be going into very deep detail very soon. Yeah, that that's all she wrote for the main plot. That, there are... There's a lot of nitty-gritties that we're about to go into yeah starting so where do we start 
Well, I think we're. I think a good place to really start is back in Act One, and that is really where this all begins. And that is, we are given the option to join up and help the druids or not. And this is, mm-hmm. and what this is basically the beginning of. Are you gonna be an asshole or not? Yep. And what happens is you are basically, throughout this game, given various options and various choices. And uh, we're just going to talk about it. I would say Act 1, one of the first things we did, there's a lot of side quests in this game, but we're not going to cover all of them. Because some of them are really short or not that inter- or not super interesting. It's it's a lot of them aren't like majorly plot relevant, so they're fun and we're gonna talk about probably the more interesting ones because they're fun. Mm-hmm. But we're not gonna like go super deep into stuff like uh the artist that you freed in Act One. Yeah, but it, like interesting just... side quest. Doesn't pay off until Act Three. Just, just the important bits for now. Like we're going to talk about Auntie Ethel. <laughs> I feel yes, like, I feel like we have to talk about Auntie Ethel. <laughs> well, but, yeah. But basically, a lot of Act One is you trying to like figure out what's in your head, trying to get rid of it. Like you go, Auntie Ethel says she has a cure. You learn she's a hag. And uh, what's the first rule of dealing with hags, Sardo? Don't deal with hags. Don't deal with hags. <laughs> they, they are going to rip you off. And if you choose to take Auntie Ethel up on her offer to help cure your brainworm, she doesn't cure it, but she does give you a permanent stat debuff yep. in the form of a really cool-looking eye. <laughs> yeah, and basically a lot of Act 1 is, like, doing stuff and learning about what the absolute might be. You also meet a very important NPC during Act 1, and I feel like you're going to want to talk about Dear Raphael... Yes. So throughout the game, you get to deal with an actual devil. Where's uh, Raphael? He sucks. And I mean that affectionately. He is a devil. Uh, he's, and he, he takes the whole, like, Mephistophelian deal with the devil thing very seriously. Uh, he He encounters you on the road. And he brings you to this place called the House of Hope, which is basically his personal domain where he presides over tortured souls. And he keeps trying to make you an offer. It's like, you know, let let me make you a deal. Give give me your soul and I'll help you out. And you can be like, yeah, I'll give you my soul. Or you can be like, no, fuck off. What's so funny about Raphael is that he's a cambion. Mm-hmm. Which, so, so he's only a half devil. <laughs> he's not even that high up on the food chain. In terms of like, like hell, like there, you get a companion in Wrath of the Righteous who would probably be higher up on the food chain than he is. Mm-hmm. And she, and like, just just remember the difference between him and said demon companion. You know who I'm talking about. We'll mention her later. I do, I do. And just remember, if he tried to do this shit around her, she would just laugh at him. <laughs> Yeah, he. You're a can- she'd be like, you're a cambion. 
he's a very small name, big ego kind of character. And he's really playing on the, the idea that you don't know what he is exactly. So you'll be more impressed. I mean, he also does. His father is Metastopheles. So he is actually at least the son of somebody important. He's a Nepo baby. Good job, Nepo baby. He also does this thing a lot where he'll like look directly into the camera while he's talking. And it's really funny. He's fun. He's he's very silly. I enjoy him. But yeah, that's uh, one of them. Uh, and basically, he offers you a deal. You could say no. Uh, the one reason why he's important is that if you're doing a lot of stuff with Asterion, he's a very big part of that character quest. Yes. Which is kind of frustrating, but that's more in the criticism section. Yeah. But a lot of Act 1 is this sort of nicely paced, like, trying to figure out what to do and what you can do, and... Dealing with the problems presented in front of you, you meet a lot of people, you meet all these different tieflings, some more important than others. Mm-hmm. Like Zevlor. Also, Roland, shout out to my friend Azusa, who loves Roland. Oh, Roland is great. He's a silly boy. <laughs> Roland and his siblings, and uh, Alfira, mm-hmm. who's a bard. Uh, Damon, who's important to Carlac's character quest. Mm-hmm. They used to be uh, basically a group of four former Hellriders. And now he can make you stuff. Yeah, he makes you stuff. He actually sells some pretty good stuff. <laughs> he does. But yeah. Yeah, you, you want to keep him alive. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to keep these people alive if you can. But what you learn, and in Act 2, you run into sort of the cult of absolute proper, as we mentioned. Uh, Act 2 is a bit more focused in, in, in a good way. I would say. Yeah. It, it sharpens in. It sharpens in. You're dealing with... It just lets you keep going into things. And then Act 3 is... Oh, God, Act 3 is a, is a lot. There's not a lot of new people introduced in Act 2 who will make it out of Act 2. So we're not going to really talk about... Outside of Dame, Aelin, and Isabel. Which I, I wanted to say... I learned something. I'm not sure if you learned this. So when when the last light in is, is attacked, mm-hmm. um, poor, poor Isabel got the shit beaten out of her. Uh-huh. So every time I saw her, she because she, I couldn't heal her because she was an NPC, she was constantly, like, beat to shit for the rest of the game. <laughs> She's like... It's like, Dame Aelin, can I please, for the love of God, heal your wife? (laughs) Please let me heal your wife. She has bruises on her face. (laughs) You're making me feel bad. (laughs) Whole game. And uh, I would say, really, I would say story-wise, this game is good. Nothing particularly, like groundbreaking but it's really well executed until act three <laughs> i mean yeah and and as, as far as the story goes it's not groundbreaking because it doesn't have to be <laughs> well i would say it is a very good D plot it's you know if you were playing this as like a campaign with other people it would be fun <laughs> yes and that's the point it is a great representation of what a D&T plot should be, which is intriguing, interesting, and then payoff. Yes. Where you fight something big at the end. Because that's what D&D is about. 
as people who play D&D, we would be very happy with this as our campaign. Yes. And it does its job, and it does it well. We are just avoiding really getting nitty-gritty about the characters, by the way, because it's like, <laughs> that's not going to stop once we start it. So, Act 3... Um, we need to talk about it's... Act 3. Act 3 is... First point of criticism for both of us, I would say. Mm -hmm. Act 3 is the... I don't want to say it's bad, but it's definitely the worst part of the game, in my opinion. I, I feel like it's kind of messy. It's, it, it, like, it's, it's still fun. It still plays good, but it just, it seems a little, a little unfocused, a little cacophonous. Yeah, the best way I could sum it up for those who have not seen, who have not played it, Act 3 is where the game ends, so everything has to go and basically end in some fashion. Yes. For better and for worse. Like, I would say, like, as someone who's played Act 3 and beat it, mm -hmm. and so have you, obviously, which is why we're talking about it now, because we could probably talk about this any time in the past two months. Yes. But we wait until uh, we both finish the game. And uh, Act 3, like, in terms of, like, performance, I don't know about for the PS5 version. You can say this yourself. But this is where I experienced a lot of crashes. Yes. A lot of slowdown. Just, like, I've had, I had several boss fights crash after I beat it, so I had to do them all over again. Like, this is I, the... I got some weird bugs, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is where, like, I don't want to harp too much on Act 3, but it's like, Act 1 is, like, such a great start. You have all this intrigue of, like, okay, I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to, like, figure out what this absolute is. Act 2 is where you learn what it is, and you're like, oh my god, it's it's the nether brain. That's how the Elithids fit into all of this. I feel like we could have gotten to the city just an eensy weensy bit earlier, like in halfway through Act Two, and it would have felt less yeah. uh, claustrophobic at the end. <laughs> well, like the problem is Act Three is where basically everything has to meet its ending. Yes, and I feel like Act Three, despite being really like not bad by any stretch of the imagination, you definitely feel like it could there's like either not enough in there or everything has to end so quickly mm -hmm. like if there was any part of the game where i started feeling like really fatigued from playing it like i was starting to get tired of playing the game it was act three yeah where and, and i want to make mention that it's not none of this is bad it's just that like it's just how it is it's just how it is and it but, Especially once you learn there's like most of the cut contact was content was act three. Yeah. And you feel it once you know, know it. It's like, oh yeah, this is where a bunch of stuff was cut out or wasn't finished yet when the game was released and it shows. But yeah, it's, it's where the story ends. And, and I'll say the, the one, like one of the things I really liked about act three and about mm -hmm. the ending was that 
I feel like the the fight against the Netherbrain felt like sufficiently cool and like on the right grand scale. Oh yeah. I you Definitely. you you get to climb you get to climb up its fucking brainstem into the sky. It's it's cool. It's oh, so yeah. cool. Definitely a like proper final boss. Proper. Yeah. Nothing wrong there. The issue I think we're having is that like everything from like the start of Act Three to the final parts of final act of act three is sort of kind of this rush feels like you're rushed you have to go do all these things Mm -hmm. like you have to finish a lot of people's character quests and some people's character quests don't end at the same time or they feel kind of insufficient uh we're looking at you will and carlac actually especially you carlac her character quest kind of has just kind of stops yeah which is but i i feel like if if we're if we're in the latter half where we kind of meet meet the rest of the the baddies so to speak, we should probably talk about them a little bit. Like, let's talk about Orin oh, uh, first because we do that we missed somebody, and I'm really mad at myself that we missed him. Uh huh. We have to talk about the Stone Lord himself. And oh, Minsk. We have to talk about the other returning party member, Minsk. Minsk. Himself, Minsk and Boo. Minsk and Boo, uh, another returning character from. Pre- from the original games he is a friend of Jan- of Jahira. Jahira he is a ranger his familiar is a space hamster he's a space hamster a, a very large one to boot named mm-hmm. Boo. he's great I he's love Minsk <laughs> he uh, can only be he's, he's very much uh, if you he's added at the last minute He's very big, he's dumb, he's bald. You kind of have to work for him, but I'd say it's worth it. Oh, it's totally worth it. Mostly because it's just fun. Yeah. But, yeah, so let's talk about our actual villains. We just, I forgot, I, the fact that we didn't mention him is... Yeah, uh, it, it, important important to mention. But, but the, the Dread 3, number 2 and 3, uh, Orin the Red, let's start with. Orin is a... Uh, Shapeshifter, she's she's a changeling. Uh, she's a changeling. She's also a Balspawn, which are uh, creations of the the Lord of Murder Ball, who is just as pleasant as you would imagine. He's the he's the god of murder. You could probably tell he's not a very pleasant guy to be around. Um, Orin looks really cool. First and foremost, oh, I I really like her great. design. Her design is yeah. great. She's she's a freak. She's a she, she is, she's violent. She's murderous. She constantly taunts your party by like assuming different forms and then, like, following you around. Yep. She's she's definitely like. She's she's a little Miss Murder. Uh, she's she's good. She's the stand. Like her a lot. And then. Um, let's, let's talk about our, our favorite, uh, handsome young man with a, with an easy smile. <laughs> Go for it. This one's yours. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you have, you have as much time as you want to explain Enver Gortash as I eat this chicken wing. And we're going to see Enver... who finishes first. <laughs> Enver Gortash is a Balduran politician whose parents sold him to a warlock when he was very young. And he ended up in the servitude of Raphael. Yes, yes, the Raphael we talked about a little bit ago. Um, eventually, he formed the the cult of the Absolute, 
and he's now using the the illithid mind control to basically gain a hold in Baldur's Gate. He becomes Archduke and then proceeds to kill off all the patriarchs so he doesn't have anybody in his way when he rules. Uh, he looks like a 48-year-old emo kid. <laughs> He's, he is described on, on several occasions by the narrative as handsome and young. And he's... <laughs> well, I will definitely at least say he doesn't look young. He's, he's not a young-looking guy. He, like... I... <laughs> Gortash looks like he eats cigarettes. <laughs> So it's just, it's really funny. It's like, did did he, did he write the narration? Because <laughs> that seems like something he would do. <laughs> I do. He is a classic evil politician. Now, unlike Orin, who is crazy and will stab somebody, he's much more... He's, he's cunning. He's, he's cunning. He is, he's a chess master. He's got... You know, his his hands in many pies. And he's he's manipulating things from behind the scene. He he has very good PR. Yeah. No. He's he's the smart one. <laughs> he's the smart one of the of the of the dread three of the chosen of the absolute who are secretly trying to control this nether brain, but actually probably not because nether brain's out thinking them, because it's a giant and brain. <laughs> And them as a trifecta is so funny too, because you you have Orin who just wants to murder people, you you have Gortash who has got his schemes and his grand designs, and then you have Catherick who's like, I miss my wife tales. <laughs> I miss my wife tales. I miss her a lot. <laughs> so it's like they're they're kind of a weird match, and I think their biggest downfall is their lack of teamwork. They have no chemistry with each other. None it's it's giving very like assigned together for a group project <laughs> but yeah so a lot of a lot of your stuff at the end you you deal with Orin, you deal with the the cult of ball um and and you handle all that she gets a pretty cool boss fight in her own and which she brings you in because she kidnapped one of your party members probably yep I actually managed to avoid that somehow. I I got lucky. I I don't know what fell, happened. Which was so much funny when you can actually flee. Oh, wait, no, no, I didn't. I it was Lazel also. What, what's so great about it is you can free them. So now you have five people involved. Mm -hmm. One of the rare times where you get five people here. And it's like, why would you kidnap Lazel? <laughs> that's that's the worst choice. Back. You'll stab her, and then somehow she'll spit a knife out at you. But yeah, so you you rescue your party member and you get them back. So I think and as villains, they're fine. They're I I don't feel like in in terms of like you know their influence on the story. It's like it it makes sense. But I my biggest gripe is that Orin doesn't really feel like she gets to do much like she's i think she's she's a fine character it's just the problem really is like especially when compared to Catherine, because Catherine has this whole act to all of act two to himself yes 
And he and it's so well done because you learn about his past. You sort of learn that like, oh, he used to be like a, a follower of Salune, and then he got corrupted after the death of his wife, and it led to all this stuff. And then he betrayed even Char, and so both of them don't like him. And you know, so, can, and he and and you get to like meet his daughter, or you meet his uh, daughter-in-law. <laughs> and yeah, uh, he he gets like a lot of build up. He gets a really and, fun introduction. Oh, his introduction is so badass. <laughs> he gets an introduction because he's unkillable unless mm-hmm. you have uh used the power of the night song. And so this one like goblin who failed tries to kill him. He's like, "Try again." Yeah, because they, they, they stab him. They stab him through the torso, and he yanks it out of his chest, and he's like, try again. And so they hit him in the face, and and then he kills them with his bare hands, which is really, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's neat. But yeah, Ketherick gets a little more buildup, whereas Oren, it's it's kind of sudden. <laughs> like the and I with both her and Gortash have... Is that they have to share Act Three. Mm-hmm. And it's this is this is Gortash's show. Let's be real. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gortash, because Gortash is actually willing to make a deal with you. He gets a lot mm-hmm. more screen time to talk to without being like a creeper. Yeah. Because he's smart enough to go like this. Your party just murdered Gortash, murder uh, Catherick. Mm-hmm. And C- Catherick is, like, a, an actual badass. He's unkillable. Yeah. Which means you found a way to kill somebody. That he isn't and, supposed to, that you're not supposed to be able to kill. And, and Gortash realizes that he is on the verge of making a very dangerous enemy in you. <laughs> Basically, what makes him interesting is that... He doesn't care much for Catherine or Orin, but I, I feel like if Orin died first, he would like things would have gone very differently. Yes, because like Catherine is willing to play ball, Orin is not. Gortash absolutely does play ball. Mm-hmm. How well is depending on who you ask, but you know he does play ball. Yeah, uh, not not the god ball, it's different <laughs> uh, literal ball. Yeah, he, he, but though he, I doubt he can shoot hoops. <laughs> Yeah, probably not. But so yeah, funny. so <laughs> But but that's that's kind of generally like the, the, the big three that you're dealing with. Um Orin has like a lot to her story. And especially if you choose to play the um the dark urge character subtype that's also we, we haven't discussed that. I don't know if we will, but but that's also an I option for your creatable character. About enough about it that the dark urge is sort of like I would say the canon version of Tav, mm-hmm. in a sense, because that's the one most tied to the plot. Yes. There's a lot to do with Orin and the ball, and Avarok, who is a whole different other, who is a villain from two. Who Who's Orin's grandpa, and Which is also her dad. <laughs> Which is horrible. It's horrible, but also doesn't look anything like him. Like, at all. Well, she she is a shapeshifter. I know, but even still. I'm wondering who, who's the real daddy here. 
Well, obviously it's Masaru Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a joke for us. That's but, a joke for us. So I, I guess that kind of wraps up the the story in general. So what what's our what's our next topic here? I feel like now this is the time to really go into our party and talk about these characters in in a proper way. So who who do you yeah. want to start with? I'll let you pick who start who are we starting with companion wise? Carlac. Yeah, let's, sure. let's talk about let's her. Let's talk about Carlac first. Back onto the complain train a little bit. It's a complain train a little bit. And I feel like we, we can talk about kind of our 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 gripes with how the characters were handled well, as well. First, we I think we should I, I should ask the important question of Sardo. Yes. Do you like Carlac? Um, duh. Carlac <laughs> <laughs> does, is... does a bear shit in the woods? <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes they don't shit in the woods. Sometimes they shit. In I the love bed. her. I love I her too. so much. I love Carlac. So Carlac, I think, is one of your companions. Obviously, she used to be mm-hmm. a champion of the Archdevil Z- Ariel. Zariel. Okay. So I should mention. It's like wow. What level does she come at? She comes in at, like, whatever level the party's at. Which is probably going to be either levels 1 through 4. And you're wondering, like, wow, that's low level. Uh, Understand 5E is, like, you've already done adventuring when you start the adventure. Yes. That's how it works. You're not starting as some lowly peasant who's just decided to take up a sword and go do fun things. I mean, you could be, but... Yeah. Yeah, but but Carlac is she's she's a big peppy sweetheart who is really trying to put on a brave face in spite of what she's dealing with. What I which is a lot, a lot. She's uh, she was basically sold to Zariel to fight in the Gortash. Blood Wars by Gortash because she used to work for Gortash. And oh, does it make does he make her so mad? Yep, she is. She hates him. She is incredibly kind, sweet. Like, for example, one of the reasons that most likely got you to run into Carlac is Will was told to go take her out because she was he was told that she was a devil, mm-hmm. which she's not, and she's a tiefling. <laughs> and Will's like, this doesn't add up, and she she forgives him. Why? Because she understands that he was tricked, and that mm-hmm. really tells you a lot about Carlac that she's you know a lot more easygoing, very nice, sweetheart. She. She has a very good heart, and she cares about people. Well, except for the part of the fact that her actual heart is a uh, basically a hell engine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whoops! Yeah. It it's going to kill her, and even though you do her character quest, it kind of can't be fixed. At least not, not, not on our plane of existence. But she really does not want to go back to Avernus. Because she spent the past because... ten years there. And she don't want to go back. Because it's it's literally hell. And she was, like, forced to fight demons there. And it was it was just awful. She didn't like it. She's a massive sweetheart. I love her. She is my wife. <laughs> She's very large. And, uh, honestly, very sweet. 
And she's very puppy-like. I, I think she has one of my favorite lines when you have to tell her to, like, wait at camp for you. She's like, I guess I'll just be here eating dirt or something. <laughs> um, when, when you're standing still for a little bit and she's in your party, she'll start, like, dancing in place. <laughs> she's, she's just, she's very lovable. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... And... Her I feel like she kind of stops. It it does. She really gets shafted by the narrative, and you don't feel like you get a lot of options with her. Like the problem is, if you don't get fixed, tune up her heart twice. Mm-hmm. Her, her, she, she'll. That's just kind of it. Yeah. I would say, Carlac. The biggest problem with Carlac. And Will also suffers from this. We should talk about him next. Yeah, we should talk about both of them first because get get their problems out of the way. It's just that, like, Carlac, who's very fun, mm-hmm. her character quest basically ends if you take out Gortash, and that's it. Yeah. Like, that's the end of it. Like, it, up until recently, there wasn't even, like, a hope that she'll survive. Like, they added in new endings for her because people got very annoyed at the lack of endings. Which is fair. <laughs> well, because it's like, everyone else kind of gets, like, their ending and, like, sort of some form of closure. And she's like, well, she, her heart explodes. The end. <laughs> yeah, it, and it sucks. <laughs> and it it felt very, like... It, she was one of the two characters really shafted by Act 3 being sort of just where everything wraps up. Mm-hmm. It was her and uh, Will, uh, specifically. Because, like, every other Like, a lot of, like, everyone else's stuff kind of wraps up over time. And hers is just like, well, you take out Gortash and it doesn't fix anything. That's that's it. You're still fucked. <laughs> Which, the scene for that is fantastic, but it feels like there should have been, like, another scene or two there, afterwards. And you get, like, There a, should have been more. <laughs> there should have been more for her. And it, it's not because it, the stuff we get is bad. It just feels like, oh, that's it. We're done. Yeah. There, there just wasn't enough. There needs to be, like, two more scenes after mm -hmm. where it ends where it's like, if we, maybe we can't, because, like, one of her new character endings that they added in post-launch was giving her the chance to go back to Avernus with, uh, if you romance her with her. I think also if you, like, wanted to in general, you could also go back, I think. Mm -hmm. And the other example was, uh, and potentially with Will as well, being the best trio of of guys being dudes despite the fact that two of you could be women <laughs> yeah but it's like i felt like that scene should not have happened after you beat the nether brain like right afterwards yeah and that it feels like hey maybe we can go to avernus together and like fix the problem and then come back should have been an option mm -hmm. sooner than it was because, like, her character quest is kind of... And this is the problem with Act 3. Like, things sometimes just stop. 
It's it's very abrupt. And then, which leads into Will, who has less of a problem with this, but his other issues. I, I think he. Yeah. Just, just say what you need to say. Will got done so dirty by the writers, like he got done so dirty in in the amount that he's given, and so I want to talk about Will's story in general because uh, a lot of Will's character arc is. So his father is Duke Ravengard, and after Will made a pact with a devil to, like, basically become a hero and save people, um, his his father found out, and he disowned Will, and eventually you realize that that Duke Ravengard has been captured by the Absolute. They have put a mind flayer parasite in him to control him, and you've got to go save Will's dad. Okay, so you save Will's dad. And and basically, like the the, and and the thing is that Will's patron Mizora turns up, and she's like, you know, I'll I'll give you two options: either I can free Will from his contract so he doesn't have to suffer under me anymore, or I can tell you where his father is located. And if I chose to free Will, because because of course I did. And so the the whole party basically gives Will shit. It's like, you know, wow, way to not choose your dad, Will. You know, even even though like and 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 basically the whole thing is like Will Will forgives his dad and it's like things are going to be fine and it's like that's it. That's all he gets. I will say the scene like, there's, with there's his dad no... where he learns the truth and he's like, "Wow, Will, I'm I'm really sorry. But but that's it. It's like there's no catharsis for Will. There's no like there's nothing beyond like now I can be a good son again. It's like fuck, really? That's it? <laughs> I think the biggest problem that Will gets is the same issue Carlac has, which is they are the characters that I feel like benefit the most from being played by the player. Yes. And so stuff happens at interesting times but as and as party members they get kind of shafted by the right by the writing kind of having to have to have a stopping point and and i'm going i'm going to say it flat flat out i i think definitely will being the one black character in the party um it's it doesn't surprise me that he got like the least amount in his ter- in terms of his story or his romance or anything like that. It does not surprise me at all that he's gotten shafted by such a major part of the fandom. Uh, it sucks. It really sucks. I will say, like, he definitely feels like one of the two characters alongside Carlac who got really screwed over by Act Three being filled with a lot of cut content. Mm-hmm. Because like, and it feels like. Because you were supposed to go to the upper city of, of Baldur's Gate, and you never do until, like, yeah. the very end of the game. And it feels like there was probably a lot of stuff to do up there, especially for Will. Yes, because that's where Will is from. Yeah, that's, that's like, where Will grew up as, you know, the bastard son of Duke Ravengard. And there's a really funny joke that Will states that, yes, it is spelled with a Y. Yes, my father is terrible at spelling. Yes. And it's not but, that, like, Will's up... We want to mention, it's... The writing for Will is actually good. It, it's very good. It's just that Will is kind of one of the two characters alongside Carlac who just kind of got 
really screwed over by cut content, by everything after the fact type of deal. I want to, I want to put it this way. Um, and, and this is no, no hate towards Astarian or anybody who likes him because I like Astarian, but I think that Astarian could have given up like three or four of his, his story beats. So Will could have a little more time. Yeah. It's just like, it, in terms of like, which characters got more rub, I would say is a much better way to put it. Cause it's not more love. It's like, who got more time? It mm -hmm. should like Astarian gets a lot and deservedly so. He's great. We like him. It's just that he's a wonderful character, but I think he gets too much. It's not even that he gets too much. It's just that he gets yeah. way more than certain characters, and it feels kind of frustrating. Like if everyone got the same amount as Astarian, then we wouldn't even complain. We would actually be like, "No, this is great." Well, that's that's the thing. It's like he he gets he gets a lot of focus where I think others suffer for it. Exactly, and we just want to bring that up because while we like every character, it feels like like it's an interesting complaint because we like Will. We we like his personality. We love his design. He he looks cool. It's great to have a like a black fantasy character, and he feels well, he has so so belonging. And he actually has. He actually has one of my favorite romance scenes where he teaches your character how to dance. Oh and no, it's... no! The best part about it is when you fuck those up. <laughs> well, yes. Check because those are hilarious. <laughs> but uh, but I really liked that scene, and I I I just wish we'd gotten more of him. Yeah, it's just it feels like if you didn't romance him, you miss out on like half of his content. When that mm -hmm. should have been missing out on like a third, yeah. And speaking of Asterion, we might as well just go with him next. Asterion's fun. I I, I, I can... like his scenes because we, we want to. I want to bring him up next to kind of give you an idea of like if you got all of what you were supposed to get, how great it is. Yeah, because, because... he's very well fleshed out. Because he is a vampire who is running away from. His, his 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 lord, his sire, the the guy who made him into a vampire, Casador, who is just a just a massive asshole. Casador is just unspeakably evil, and there's there's probably going to be just just as as a warning for folks, there's probably going to be some discussion of sexual assault because it's and abuse. Uh, uh, yeah, and all the ways that somebody can treat somebody else horribly. Because it's it's implied that the Casador did every awful thing you can imagine to Astarian and the other people he turned into vampire spawn. <laughs> and we should also mention because it's funny, is that he gets all this build up and then you meet him and he sounds like that. <laughs> he's like, he's got kind of a well, I think though, I I'm gonna say this about Casador is I like that he wasn't this like super intimidating looking i i like that he was kind of kind of a wimpy looking dude because i think it's it's an interesting statement on people who abuse and how oh, they yeah. can look very unthreatening <laughs> and like some some of the worst people i've ever known in my life have been 
completely harmless looking. <laughs> oh, it's not like so, he looks like that. It's just, it, I, I, it sounds like that because you hear his voice, you're like, he's like, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, hmm, not what I was expecting. I thought he was going to be more like, yeah. Mm, 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 mm. I also thought he was going to look a lot older than he did. <laughs> Admittedly, that was well, part of it. He is a vampire. I know he's a vampire, but I thought he was going to look like he feels like he's in his mid 30s instead. I thought he was going to be like his mid 50s. Mm. You know, I I didn't know because they don't describe what he looks like. So when you finally run into him and he's like not what you expect, you're like, ah, okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but Astarian's story is is really well done, and I think as you said, it's it's an example of if every character got that level of 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 screen time and focus and attention to detail then this is what it could be because his story plays out wonderfully he is very well written and you know he he's not everybody's cup of tea i'll, I'll say that he is he's snarky and mean and he's kind of stupid honestly well, what i like about <laughs> he's he's about him is that when you meet him like, Astarian tries, like, attempts to, like, kill you because he has no idea what's going on and he needs to feed, et cetera, et cetera. What, what I like about him is that Astarian, if you, like, redeem him, mm -hmm. he actually becomes, like, he becomes one of my favorite characters because of that. Because he goes from being, like, this very hurt, very mad person, but he's given the option to become an ascended vampire or not. And if you talk him out of it and have done the right things to talk him out of it, he's like, you're right. I don't have to do this. I can do the right thing and for once in my life. It's, it's, it's the whole cycle of abuse thing where he can choose not to become the person who hurt him. Uh, I, and also, I'll be real. Also, oh, sorry. Before, before that, also shout out to Neil Newbon and the rest of the voice cast. They did great. Oh my god, everybody here is so good with it. Like excellent voices. But yeah. Astarian, I I have very strong feelings about him because I I relate to him quite a bit. I I, I like to joke that he, he just like me for real, but but I, I really do like I don't know. There's there's a lot with him that I like, yeah. I I understand that. So um, shout out to the writers and to to Mr. Newbun, New, Newbon, Newbon. Newbon. I, I don't really know how it's pronounced. <laughs> Neil, shout out to Neil. <laughs> to, our good, to our good buddy Neil, who based yeah our, our, this our... performance after a feral cat that he knows. <laughs> he really did. That's true. That's not a joke. He actually based this performance after a feral cat that he met, and is friends with. <laughs> but really excellently done character you know maybe he's your cup of tea maybe he's not but he's eh, he's great <laughs> and i think a good time is to move on to gale of Waterdeep. speaking Yay. of people who have been abused but in different ways <laughs> mr of Waterdeep. fuck mistra all my homies hate mistra <laughs> yeah uh gale decarios actual last name or gale mm -hmm. of Waterdeep, is a wizard who basically, his whole character arc is basically, does he learn from his mistake? And and basically getting out of an abusive relationship with a god. <laughs> that too, that's also part of it. 
<laughs> oh, and at the start of Act 2, when you're visited by Elmister, the wizard. And it's like, he basically kip clips in telling you, you got, she told you to go kill yourself, and then leaves. <laughs> Mister says you need to blow yourself up, Gail. <laughs> I, I love Carlac, too, because after Elminster leaves, she's like, oh, was that Gail's granddad? <laughs> <laughs> Reason why Carlac is best girl part one through four hundred and seventy-nine. But Gale is he is a fascinating character because I'll admit I was I was a little mean to Gale when I first started playing this game. I because he's he's a little bit awkward. He's very like how to describe Gale. Strauss, how would nerd. you describe Gale? He's a, he's a nerd. He's a total nerd. nerd. And he's he's very verbose. He, I, I as much as I loved Gale, there were times where I felt myself kind of like fast forwarding through his spoken parts because it's like, okay, Gale, okay, I get it. Um, and he's he's very like determined to prove he's the smartest person in the room at any second, and and that's because he he's tra trying to kind of prove that he's needed. <laughs> And hence the whole thing with the with the the orb in his chest comes up. It's like, I need to blow myself up because that's the only way I know, like, A, I'm not going to hurt people, and B, I'm actually doing something good <laughs> with my life. And, and it's I, like I think what makes this part interesting with Gale is that he comes off as a bit of a smart aleck. He's a bit of a oh, yeah. bit, bit you... pretentious. Yeah, definitely a bit pretentious. I mean, he's a wizard. <laughs> it's it's part of the job. <laughs> yeah, it's just... He's one of those characters... Who, if you actually bother... With all of his stuff... You start to learn that, like, oh, you just... Need to just... I, I like how his story ends in the good way, where he gives... Because the way that the dead, the Dread 3 are using the Netherbrain, supposedly, mm -hmm. is via the Crown of Corsus, a powerful and dangerous artifact created by a man, by an, I believe it's an elf named Corsus, mm -hmm. who, in all intents and purposes, is a dangerous magical artifact that could basically make someone become a god. And it, he is tasked if he doesn't blow himself up because if he, if he does, uh, he, he kills you <laughs> and everyone. In, yeah, in like a five mile radius. But basically, he goes. What what happens is, and I think you 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 would agree with me, Sarder, when I say it. If he kills, if he doesn't kill himself, Mister basically tasks him like get the crown back, hand it back over, and I'll get rid of the orb. And you give he's given the option of saying, fuck you, mister, or like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have this thing. And uh, it's probably good that he doesn't have it. I think that's fair. It's a very good thing that he doesn't have it. And, and I, I romanced Gale for, for my for not, my run of things. I, which I should mention, I did not expect you to do that. <laughs> who, who did you think I was going to? I thought you were probably going to either end up with Lazel. Mm -hmm. Or Asterian. 
can I say I'm full of surprises? <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, especially because of like how your early reactions to Gale were. Gale winning out in the end is is a surprise. A pleasant one. But Gale Gale is a very interesting character arc in and you you see him deal with Mistra directly and Mistra sucks. I mean she's she's well written and everything but Mistra sucks. <laughs> Mistra is definitely like a, a dick. It's it's it makes a good case for why mortals shouldn't try to romance gods because it's definitely the thing of like well, you know, you're you're immortal. You're you're gonna deal with you know whatever you have to deal with. You can die. You're gonna die anyway. So just go go blow yourself up. Go, go do it. You got that, Zeus? You hear that? <laughs> you know Zeus isn't gonna listen. <laughs> oh, I know. But he's gonna turn us in a swan and fuck us both. <laughs> Actually, but <laughs> but but Gale is I. What I like about. He's... Gale is that he is a wizard who has to learn to be humble. Mm-hmm. And, and you you that realize that a dick. and you realize that under that bravado and under that pretentiousness is a lot of self esteem issues, <laughs> which is what you love. You also, love a soggy man. Um, I I have to say this because I romanced him. Yes. Uh, Gale's a fucking freak. <laughs> So I did the thing um, because there there is there is a brothel in this game that you can go to. It is called Charessa's Caress, and there are a pair of drow twins in the brothel that you can hire for their services. And if you are romancing somebody, you can involve your partner as well. And <laughs> so sorry. What Gale does, because Gale is very nervous, and Gale throughout the game has shown some... May, may I may I ramble about this? I apologize. No, no, I'm going to let you have this. This is your time. Gale has shown some reticence towards intimacy. Maybe it's a side effect of, like, you know, bad memories of Mistra, but he... A lot of the time... You're you're not actually fucking Gale. You're created. You're you're fucking a um, a magical copy of himself that he has created because he is very nervous about intimacy, and Gale in in this event with with the Drow he makes a copy of himself to engage in the festivities, and then the real Gale sits in the corner watching, <laughs> and it's implied that he's into it. <laughs> Oh no! Oh, he has the cock chair. No, no. Is it? Is it? Is it cuckolding? If you're participating, if a clone I, I, of yourself not, is I don't know. Okay, that cock chair is for Gale. Oh no! <laughs> so I, I, I wish I could have recorded like when I was playing that bit and that scene came up because the 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 sound I made was. <laughs> ungodly i should mention because i romanced carlac because well yes of course you did of course i did um her romance is all about wanting to touch you she's like she desperately is down but can't because she literally runs too hot and when she finally doesn't run hot enough oh god do you guys go (laughs) 
And that's the first time. The second time on your date. Well, let's just say uh, it led to one of the funniest posts on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, A.K.A. least submissive drow male. Oh, yes. It's like, why am I getting paid? I don't think you know what a drow is. I don't think you know how drow society works. Yeah, that's... I I've I've seen like some of her her romance cutscenes and everything and yeah, uh, oh they are incredibly romantic, incredibly romantic, and uh, no cup chair, no, <laughs> no because the cup chair is for Gail. That's <laughs> <laughs> his chair. Oh lord, but yeah, Gail. I like Gail. He was my main wizard. Obviously, because he is much like wizards in D and D. After a certain point, they just blast things. Yeah. Unlike uh, the warlock, will actually. I think it's funny that every male character you get outside of Minsk is a spell, basically a very squishy. Mm-hmm. I just think that's funny. It is very funny. <laughs> okay, okay. We would be on Gale forever, but we have to talk about. Your favorite lady. We have to talk Lazelle. about Lazelle. I love Lazelle. Exactly, that's what she's your favorite lady. She's so fun. I I also did um my my character did uh didn't romance her but knew her carnally. <laughs> yeah, and, and that is that's actually really interesting because Gith don't do the it, sexy time to procreate. Nope, they just do it for fun. <laughs> they uh. They lay eggs. Yeah. So you you can't get her pregnant. Congratulations. <laughs> You're gonna have to give birth. You're gonna, your children with her will be egg. Can I offer you but, this egg in, in these trying times? But I just, I just get a kick out of her because I... Everybody is so goddamn averse to a mean lady character. <laughs> And I just think she's wonderful. I think I, actually, I don't even think she's really all that mean. She's really not. I, I always like, considered. <coughs> um, I consider Lazel to be just very. She's very much a fish out of water because she is a gith. She's from a, a she's a proud warrior race type of gal, who has to face a trial of faith when she starts to realize that Blacketh is full of shit. Mm -hmm, because the the people that the 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 leader of kind the of god figure of the Githyanki is Blacketh, who, you know, Lazel has sworn her loyalty to and all this. And we find out later that Blacketh is basically a usurper and she's not the real deal. And the real deal is Orpheus, and Orpheus is contained in a trouble bubble, and you have to rescue him. <laughs> <laughs> trouble bubble. Uh, very different kind of trouble bubble. But basically what happens is, in, in a bit more detail, is that what you start realizing is that Blackett isn't a god. She's mm -hmm. just a very powerful lich. She's, she's a great big phony. <laughs> and that over time, you start realizing with all the things that are happening... Lazelle starts to realize that Blacketh is full of shit. She's not the woman I thought she... She's not the leader I thought she was. She's no god. She's just a 
just mean. We've we've been had, folks. Yeah, she's just mean. And you learn from uh, a man named Keth, uh, Gith Yonki named Kethrick Voss that actually the last son of Gith, the actual heir to the throne, Orpheus, is missing. And we're going to talk about why in a bit because this is there's a lot of stuff going on here. But Yeah, you find him eventually. But Kithrick Voss but... Is, is basically like, hey, I'll help you. We know that the real man in charge of all this, Orpheus, mm -hmm. he's alive. He is. And we can save him. And if you save him, we will free the Gith from Blackith's undead clutches for the last time. And it's neat. And if you do all this stuff to, like, basically... Because, basically, after... Because Lazelle learns that, like, what's ever going on in the, in the spirit core, that's the mysterious trouble bubble that we're talking about. And if you fail, and, like, oh, all of you need to... She's like, all of you have to die now. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, that's stupid. Because if we if we kill the thing inside there, we die. And, you know... She's like, oh, you're petty. Also, you know, she's not a god because she uses a wish as a spell. <laughs> yep. Gods don't need wish. They can just smite you. Yeah. They, they, everything they do is wish. Yeah. But I I really like Lazelle's character arc, and I don't think it gets enough credit for, like, her realizing her whole system of belief was wrong and that she was lied to. Like the the whole thing she's been kind of basing her her principles on, and it it takes a lot for her to admit that she's wrong, and you see her do it, and it's very admirable, and yeah. she's cool, and also she has to deal with like Shadowheart in the beginning is like, ew, I don't trust that you have a gith with you, <laughs> and and Lazel's like, God, you dumb bitch. <laughs> they they don't like each other very much at the start. I, I can. I kind of ship them, honestly. Uh, you wouldn't be the first. I, I ship all. Oh, the I know girls I'm not. <laughs> all the girls get yeah. to go together as one big weird gay thing. Well, but what's great about I... it about about that whole thing is that her character arc mirrors Shadowhearts near perfectly, actually. So we might as well talk about the shark. Yes. And yes, people do call her that. <laughs> because Shadowheart is whole thing is dealing with her own crisis of faith because her memories have been tweaked by her mother superior so that she doesn't realize that her parents are alive the entire time she was never abandoned except for this weird ritual Salune people do that's but, really but weird but that's 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 less bad parenting and more like just it's it's the religious thing they do. It's a weird which is religious still... thing that they do that no one's really sure why they did it. It's like, no, nope. this is a really dumb idea. <laughs> she was basically kidnapped as a child. And uh, yeah. 
And her whole thing and is basically... Because the thing is, Char is not a good goddess. No, Char is the goddess of darkness and pain and well not 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 pain directly that's uh that's that's a different god uh, yeah <laughs> yeah but she's she's the goddess of bad frowny things basically <laughs> so there's and and also after uh shadowheart realizes that she's been living a lie she gets a cool hair color change <laughs> Well, she can change her haircut either way. Mm-hmm. And then she also changes her hair color to either, if you make her do the bad thing, it stays dark and black. <laughs> but if you do the good thing, she dyes it basically gray. Like the moon. Mm-hmm. I like white-haired Shadowheart. I think it's Shadow pretty. Shadowheart the white. <laughs> it's <laughs> like Gandalf, but hotter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is impressive, because Surian McKellen is a looker. Oh, yes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and her thing, too, is that she she starts out very prickly and very secretive and just like, you know, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. No. <laughs> now let's talk about her feelings. Shadowheart, you go first. No. I want to talk about my feelings. I know, Gail. I'm sad. I know, Gail. <laughs> And it, 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 what's great about her is that you learn very early on that basically what you start learning that she's basically been messed with her entire life. Mm-hmm. She's she's been abducted by a cult. <laughs> mm-hmm. And brainwashed. Also, she's kinky. She is. Very. She's very kinky. And, you know, good for her. She's fun. She's my second favorite girl. She's a good girl. She's a good girl. Her real name is so funny, though. What? I forget what her real name is. Genevelle Hollowleaf. Aww. Oh, you have Aww. such an elf name. Aww. Art. Also, she's the source of the phrase climbing Mount Halson. Which is great. She- She's got some banger lines. She does, <laughs> including one of my She's... favorites is when you enter the uh, Temple of Ball. Mm-hmm. And she goes, <laughs> Pleasure Domes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, one of the smaller ones I'm very fond of, uh, Will with a Y. Hi. <laughs> no, uh, actually, she and Lazelle are probably my fa- one of my favorite banter bits between her, Lazelle, and Will, where Will hits on... Lazelle and then hits on Shadowheart and Shadowheart's like, I just saw you struck out with Lazelle. Nice try, Jackass. Uh, apparently they, they removed that bit and that makes me very sad. Oh, that bit was so funny, though. <laughs> it, because, like, it's only funny because, like, Lazelle would not understand human flirting anyways. No. So that's why she does, like, the whole thing is she doesn't get it and Will's trying his best. And then, like, the best. All, and then Shower's like, nice try, Will. I'm not going to be your rebound. <laughs> <laughs> and Which is so funny because it's, so, it's like, oh, Will's fun. He's going to hit on ladies because he's cool like that. Yeah. Because he got game. And it's not that his game is bad. It's just that he tried it on Lazelle. Bless his little heart. <laughs> I'm mad that that's gone. I didn't even know that. 
Yeah. That or it's this got buried underneath like five other things and it's just a lot rarer to get. Which is also a possibility. That's the problem with these games when it comes to party banter. Is that there's mm -hmm. so much of it. It's very dense. And it's also because of the way party banter is activated. It activates randomly on the map. So you kind of just got to hope that you're actually with the characters while it activates. Because I had a tendency to be like, and you should go here, farther, farther, farther. And you don't hear them talk about things. Mm -hmm. That happened to me a lot. That's... Yeah. I guess we... Let's talk about a bit about Halson. He's fun. He's, uh... He's large. big. Very big. Him big. Um, the, the thing about Halson is... Um... <laughs> Come on, you can say it. In, 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 in the scene where uh, your, your character is getting down and doing the nasty with him, there is... You have a choice. Uh, Halson gives you the option of uh, doing it in his regular form... Or in his bear form. <laughs> and go on, you know you want. To. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying that's that's the the. Did you did you do it with the bear? I I haven't romanced Halson yet. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it with the bear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, knowing knowing as because this is darker as that I'm romancing him here probably he's probably gonna do the bear <laughs> anyway anyway um chihira is basically team mom you get her in act two at the end of act two she's a cool older lady mm -hmm. we would say more about her but she has her own games same with Mitch. she does she's she's already gotten her time to shine yeah. this is veteran one she's been through a bunch of shit she's got a bunch of orphan kids that she's only kind of an okay mom to towards. She's very much that mom that sits out in front of the trailer and smokes smokes cigarettes while her kids are like eating dirt in the front yard. <laughs> um, she's there. She's fun. She's a druid. Uh, Minsk mm -hmm. also fun. He's very stupid. <laughs> He's great. And uh, Minthara, I don't think any of us had a lot to do with Minthara yet. But no, I everything I've seen of her, she's neat. I'm yeah, glad that I, there's I, an I, evil party member who's absolutely like evil, evil, not just a dick. She's she's kind of a freak, uh, from what I've seen, well, and I, mean, I I like that about her. Of course, she's a freak. Yeah. She's a drow of noble of noble stock. She's also a severe hottie. I mean, and they're all severe. I'm, no, no one we mentioned is below like a nine. No, everybody like ten out of ten all around. I mean, everybody I would say is the least attractive party member is what? Actually, I have I have to think about this. I guess Minsk. I guess, and not because he's unattractive, just because he's the most normal looking. Like you've you've got like you've got a party of solid tens. <laughs> Yeah, front to back and not only that but they're all different kinds of tens like come on yeah. you've well, got something for everybody you got the dandy and dangerous hysterian you got the bookish gale you got the big buff mama 
Mama Karlek, or Mama K, as she calls herself. Yes, this is a line mm -hmm. that she says. That's not me making that up. That's not a fandom thing. That's what she said. You've you've got your beautiful goth girl. You got your beautiful shadow heart. Gothy shadow uh, heart. You got your beautiful bitey, bitey sharp eye eyed Lazel. You have probably the most conventionally attractive male Will. Will's very handsome. He's very handsome. I, I say conventionally attractive because, like, it's him or Gale. Because Asterion he's, looks he's... too weird. Asterion will always remind me of one of those crusty little white dogs. <laughs> he's a Bichon Fousset. And, like, I, I think Will, the only thing that makes Will unconventional is when he gets turned into, like, kind of a tiefling. He, 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 he gets, gets horns. Of, he, he gets transformed into a fiend if he, if he doesn't kill Carlac. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Which which only makes him hotter, honestly. Honestly, the horns add to his look. And also because it changes his normal human eye into a really sick, like, devil eye. Yeah. But he still has the stone eye, which is neat. So, jokes on Mizora, she just made him even hotter. Also, speaking <laughs> of a severe hottie, Mizora. M Mizora, who is mean and awful, and the only reason I don't like her is because she makes Will sad. Yeah. But other than that... Other than that She's a smoke show. Yeah. Uh, you have Jahiro, a hot, older woman. Mm-hmm. I, I love her very much. You have Mithara, angry, hot, hot lady. Mm-hmm. Um, drow, so if you're into that. If you know what a drow is, you know what I mean when I said that. Yes. And then there's Minsk, who is large, with his miniature giant space hamster boo. And Minsk and Boo are great. It was great to see them back. Yeah, it's great. Now, I think this is the section where... Uh-oh. Remember when Strauss mentioned that he's going to start comparing this game to a different one? It is time... Well, fire away. <laughs> it's time for us to start complaining about things. In our, I guess, last 30 minutes or so? Maybe? Mm -hmm. I don't know. We've been going for a while, but there's a, this game's very big. We have not talked about everything. And we probably won't because we don't have enough time. It'd be like four, four two-hour episodes. And we're already doing that for two other things. We can't make a third. Yes. That would just be absurdly unreasonable. But um, as much as I like every party member, party member diversity is really low. Like, it is. Like, it, and I don't just mean like there's only one black dude in the party. I mean in the sense that like, even by playable races, there are just certain, like, core normal ones that aren't even here. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the playable races that we get access to? Um, it's human, halfling, gnome, or no, not not halfling. No. I think no, human yeah, yeah, gnome. There. Yeah, halfling. Human halfling gnome, dwarf, elf, half elf, tiefling. A, a gith half orc and dragonborn yeah now obviously there are races and sub races to that mm -hmm. but your options are in your party you get an elf you get a different elf you get a drow which is just another different kind of elf you get a human you get you I, get two humans. You get two hu you know you get three humans. You three humans. Because you have to remember Minsk is also there. <laughs> That's true. 
Three human. You get two different half-elves. Basically, the only amount of spice on this list in terms of anything other than just some form of elf or human, which in fantasy terms, elf is just slightly, it's just human with pointy ear features, usually just the ears. Human but sharp. <laughs> human but pointier. And uh, that's Lazel and Karlak. And even then, that's not that interesting. And I mean, Karlak, I will give some credit to in that she at least, like, looks a little more like, you know, she's she's a huge red lady who has, like, spikes all over her skin and she has big horns and, like, her she's got, like, the, the burning chest. She's got scars. But, like, I, I'm not talking about in terms of looks. I'm talking about, like... The most interesting thing you get is a gith, which is very interesting, by the way, because gith is not normal. But but it's still like a pretty vanilla party in it, terms of an just extremely like extremely vanilla party, if you ask me, because this is where the first, second comparison to Wrath of the Righteous happens. In Wrath of the Righteous, you get a human and, and like a half elf in your first for your first two party members, and then you get a fucking half lizard half goat half man type of guy in Lan. Mm -hmm. And also the blue spider lady, Wendawak, who actually is in this game. Huh. If you remember, if you remember, I did mention it. Wendawak is played by our, na our beloved narrator. That's right. Yeah. Uh, our narrator who is, uh, what's her name? What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Oh dear. Her name is... Oh, God, why am I... Oh, jeez. Do you remember what her name is? I am blanking so hard, and I'm so... Well, let me... To Google. Hold on. <laughs> Narrator. Amelia Tyler. Amelia Tyler, who is... Yep, who is also there, who also was in Alcat's Pathfinder games... Which is just kind of hilarious. <laughs> and she's, like, she's, she's a blue spider woman is Wendawog. Mm-hmm. You also get like a tiefling. You get a gnome. You get the world's get a worst gnome. gnome, as you remember. <laughs> you you get an awful, awful gnome. With a voice where he talks like this. He's great. Oh, I love him. Rachel. Rachel was designed for you. Yes. It's like, I have to take you seriously. I do because I'm a weirdo, but. And, uh, but it's like, in terms of your, like, party's makeup, it's definitely very. Could have been more. Yeah, it's <laughs> just, like, there's no representation for dwarves or gnomes or halflings or half-orcs. Like, most it, of your or a different drag board. Most of your party is just some form of elf or human. Yeah. Like, the only it's... fully non-elf or human character you get is a Gith Yankee. And as much as I love Lazelle, she can't carry this all by herself. She needs some help. It's not, not fair to expect that of her. Yeah. She, she wouldn't want to do it anyways. Mm -hmm. She'd go, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> And this also leads to the other problem that I have is also in turn your like party diversity of class is also kind of minimal. 
Is this me who noticed that? No, it's it definitely is. Like, you get, obviously, like, you get ch- two druids, a cleric. Like, a great example of this is Astarian is the only rogue that you get and the only person who can pick locks. Mm-hmm. Like, Gale, Wizard, Will, Warlock. And, yes, I know you can just... For a measly hundred gold, which is not a lot by the end of the game, respec everyone. But it's like, how many people actually did that? Is knowing a... that you have to do it, <laughs> knowing that that's the only way to get anything other than you, this. It's a very spellcaster forward group. You only get four frontline fighters, and mm-hmm. you only, at least up until recently, as far as I know, only get three of them in one on a good playthrough, and only like one of them on a bad playthrough <laughs> outside of Lazel. It's like, it's Lazel and Minotaur one way, or Lazel, Karlik, Karlak, and Minsk. Yeah. And it's just like, that's kind of all you get? It's not... It's disappointing. It's just that, especially, once again, back to Wrath of the Righteous, like, your first few party members are a paladin, a, well, okay, it's a weird new special class called spiritualist class. I'm not going to go into that. Um, a fighter, a monk, and then you also get like a ranger, a very weird subsect of ranger, a cleric, an oracle, a uh, and you love that oracle. You love Dayran. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Dayran would get along so well with Asterion. Oh, yeah. They would have so many fancy parties. And it's just... You you just it's... wish the game had better like diversity of class and character races. Like it's it's not bad, but you wish for more. Yeah, and that also leads to another problem we both have. It's very annoying that you're only allowed to take so many characters with you. I hate that. Okay, I hate so, that so much. Uh, oh, because for those who don't understand, um, the biggest problem that we have is that. You only get you're only allowed to take three other people besides your player character, whoever that may be. Mm-hmm. And there are times where you like really should have taken more than one character, but it's not optimal to take all of them at the same time. Like if you're yeah. running with Will and Gale and you don't respect them into something that's a bit more sturdy, you're asking for trouble because this game isn't isn't hard, but it isn't easy especially for newcomers it keeps you on your toes like if you're really good at these types of games you will breeze through it but if you're new you're still like you can still get absolutely screwed over by happenstance because it's mm-hmm. D. you're gonna ha- hit some bad rolls every so often and get hit by some crits it'll happen it will happen and it's just like will like will if you take a party of will asterian and Gale, and you are like, you're not a, a meaty class. Yeah, and you're not a meaty class. Be ready for things to go south very fast in a in the wrong kind of fight. Yeah, I mean, and and bards here can be surprisingly useful, but definitely not not a durable class. It, it, there's only like only the frontline fighters are really durable in five e. Because this is a, as a, uh, 
system, 5e is much more lower numbered than not. Like, having a 20 AC in 5th edition is actually pretty high. Mm hmm. Which is not the case in uh, uh, other editions slash Pathfinder. Also, right. the thing that just pissed me the fuck off because I had to deal with this the entire game. Inventory management in this game sucks. It that's that's the other thing I didn't like. It it was kind of a pain getting used to managing that. Well, it's just like when I was coming off of Wrath of the Righteous, you end up with this like, like it, it just gives you a party inventory, you can just collect which character you want to equip. And what was really frustrating like it's not that characters have individual inventories. I'm fine with that. It's just that it was it's super easy to lose an item that you you need to have. And you just end up with a lot of clutter. Because the game doesn't probably tell you when you're done with an item. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I need this moon lantern. For how long? I don't know. It's it's pretty annoying. And it's just like, especially because when you have to go back to camp, you gotta get, like, if you need something for Asterion, he's not currently in your party for whatever reason, you have to go back to camp, you gotta get his item, you gotta first dismiss someone from the party then they're gonna have to pout about it and they're gonna be like yeah yeah pout about it i gotta get i have to hand this knife off to asterion and then you talk to asterion gotta give him the then you have to open his inventory see if this thing is even worth giving it to him mm -hmm. and then dismiss him from the party if you're not gonna take him you have to do the whole rigmarole all over all over again just to give someone a short sword and it's much worse because, like, I'm not sure if it changed in camp with Patch 5, but I know you can now send things directly to specific characters no matter if they're in the party or not, which is nice, but it doesn't really solve the problem of knowing if it's worthwhile or not. Yeah. And it's just inventory management in this game is, a, is an unnecessary hassle, I think is the best way to put it. Say so. But, you know, if our complaints are relatively minor, other than the amount of times it crashed on me, I got very annoyed by that fair <laughs> i had to redo several boss fights because it crashed immediately the funniest one was when i had to fight Raphael. oh that and sucks I, no, no it was just funny because like i saw the game starting to bug out i'm like uh-oh i should save and it crashed uh, but i would say i really like this game in spite of all uh, that i i think you know me um i i think it's fair to say i i like this game uh, a reasonable, normal amount. <laughs> oh, you could just say it. It ruined our sleep schedules. It, it, I, it invaded our lives. <laughs> this game melted my brain. <laughs> it, it did that to everyone who played it. You're not the only one. That, that, it's the puppet master that cursed my dick. It's, it's so good. It's, it's a great game. I would I'm, say, if you really want to try this game do it yeah just know it's gonna invade it just know it's gonna invade your your mind for like the next two months it's it's gonna be your yeah it's gonna be all you're doing with your free time <laughs> yeah it, it's gonna eat up the only thing that really dragged me away from this game uh, outside of my streaming which is different was uh armored core 6 which is also one of my games of the year so you know yes no, no, nothing beats going around shooting things with large stompy mech. Hey, Raphael, try this on for size. Eat 120 millimeter bullets. Uh, 
I think um the the way I know this game was a success is that I was not too long ago talking to a coworker about about something in the game and another coworker comes in the middle of it and he's like, "Are you talking about Baldur's Gate?" I'm like, "Yep." And then we were all talking about it. So it, it, it is shocking how well it did because like the la- like CRPGs have not been popular in years. <laughs> And there's been some really good ones. Wrath of the Righteous, if you've played Baldur's Gate 3 and want a new one and new adventure, Baldur's Gate 3, especially if you like a crunchier system. If you want some more number go big, Pathfinder's where it's at. Yes, indeed. Um, There's Pillars of Eternities 1 and 2. There's the... uh, There's Wasteland 1, 2, and 3. There's a bunch of of really good games out there. Baldur's Gate 3 is hopefully going to start a new era of fun, well-written CRPGs that people learn the right lessons from. Please, please learn the right lessons from this game. Please. Which is having fun characters and a fun little story and some goofiness and some weirdness. And and good voice acting. Oh, yeah. Excellent voice acting. Just all around. But I I loved this game so much. It was so good. If you want to go play it, you should. Yeah. yeah. Go have That's fun. That's all I gotta say on that. You could do a lot of weird stuff in this game. It, the, the possibilities are maybe not endless, but very close. <laughs> you could do a lot of weird stuff in this game, and it lets you do it, and I like that. I do too. And uh, let's see, anything else about it that we want to talk about because we don't want to go th- make this go too long? The fact that this I, is only two hours and 30 minutes so far is a, a miracle in its own right. I think that about sums it up for me. Any other complaints you might have had that I didn't mention? Yeah, not, none, none off the top of my head. Um, I think they should have given Lazel a bigger sword. I agree. Oh, the okay. One more complaint, actually. I would have liked Tabaxi. Yeah, definitely more playable races would be fun. I know that there's mods for it, but like actual legit ones would be nice. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, you got good ones, but they're mostly the core stuff plus the gif. And you know, let's be fun with it. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with this game in its near future. I don't... We know there's crossplay coming. Yes, there will be a stream of it. The uh, worst boys you know run. Yes. All of them pretty. All of them incredibly feminine. Oh, that's actually something we should probably talk about is the character creator. Uh, it's... It's... It's good. Wanting for a it, little more variety. <laughs> it's definitely good, but it... It does leave you wanting. Yeah. And we understand why, like, we because, like, this game's presentation is absurdly good, and, like, you get to see your character's full body doing tasks, and that was a co- way to cut a corner in a, in a reasonable way, we should mention, fully reasonable, but... I, I, I would have liked a little bit more. But it's just that you're only given so many body types. And for some, like for half orcs, you only get one. Which sucks. Like, I, I can't, if you want to make it a chubby guy, you can't make a chubby guy. And that I feel like that's missing out. Mm-hmm. 
And especially because, like, unlike in... Because, like, in Wrath of the Righteous, because you just make, like, a tiny model that you don't really see a whole lot of, a lot of it's carried by, like, the art. And even they have, like, a chubby dude. <laughs> a big old beard. It looks very nice. <laughs> or you can play as John Cena. Like I did. That you did. <laughs> I, as I said, we can be anyone. And we're going to be John Cena. <laughs> One of my favorite moments in my entire stream's history. <laughs> but it, it was pretty great. It's just that, like, for as much detail as you're allowed to have, I just wish you had more access. You just wish there was more options. Which, nice. If our biggest complaint is we want more, you're doing something right. I feel like that's a good way to put it. Larian did something right here. They did. And it was fun. It was a great adventure. Um, we'll definitely probably play more more of it. And, uh, yeah. And uh, if you I... want to play a very different CRPG, uh, Rogue Trader's coming out next week. Six oh, that's right. Yeah. Alcat's back. And this time it's Warhammer, which means it's extra. Not money. All right. Just in presentation. <laughs> Just over the top. And we love that. Well, very folks, good. I think that's a good time to ask Sardo a very important question. Not even watching yes. Sardo. If anything else. Um, you know, I I haven't actually been watching a whole lot. I, like, most of my time's just been spent wrapping up, <laughs> wrapping up my current run, so... Not not a whole lot of note. Uh, I did actually, though. I picked up a book really recently that I thought was interesting. Um, it's called the the Glutton. I believe the author is A.K. Blakemore. Um, pretty sure that's their name. But it is about the historical figure of Terer. Have you ever heard of Terer Strauss? Maybe. Keep going. Tell the people. Terer was a French man. Right. Yes. Uh, no. Yeah. I I realized it's this. Yes, I know yes. what you mean. Like, of course I know, but yeah. you still he was a people. French showman and soldier born in 1700s France who was best known for his immense appetite. He could eat incredible volumes of things and he ate a lot of living things. He is rumored to have eaten a human baby. We don't know if that's true or not. But this was a it's it's a fictionalized account of Terer's life, but it's it's actually very interesting and it's presented in a pretty sympathetic way, and it's beautifully written and I really like it so far. So yeah, yeah. I'm uh, gonna be starting Blue Eyed Samurai because I I've been told it's neat. I need to watch that one. I've from what I've seen of it, it looks really good. It looks neat. I, I just haven't started it yet. I haven't yeah. really done much of anything. I did attempt to play the original X-Wing game the other, last night. And let me tell you something. Mm -hmm. Boy, howdy, was it made in the early, in the mid-90s. Because it was so, the, the sound is so compressed, Sardo. It's like. <laughs> it's all MIDI. I'm like, oh, this takes me back. Yeah. You know, back when games used to sound like this. I also picked up Frostpunk finally. I got that for cheap. I mean to play that nice. for like a thousand years. Mm -hmm. 
but yeah, uh, we uh, most of our time has been eaten up by a certain large game that we just spent two hours talking about. Yes, because it's good. It is. Go play it if it sounds good to you. If this is not your type of game, then fair enough. That that's okay. That's it, all right it's too not for everyone, and that's not a problem. Not everything's meant yeah. for you, and that's good. <laughs> we will say, hey, Larian. Tell us if there's deals. Tell us when Crossplay's coming. Sorry, I have plans. Hey, we want to play. We have lots of plans. But in the meantime, folks, play game. I'm Strauss. That's Sordo. You can follow him at Autopsy Garlands on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You do art for Marquee Belial for the art account. Yes. You're on Blue Sky and Uncle Death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, Twitch. You'll be up tonight. Well, maybe we'll draw our tabs. Well, you will. I don't draw anything. No one wants my art. But but you'll be there. I'll be there. But no one wants my art because it's not good. Yeah, and I'll I'll be starting a little little later in the evening because I I have a uh, I have dance practice. I got to go be drag Bill Nye for for a couple hours on like today. But I'll I'll be be here a little little later in the evening and yeah, I can draw some stuff. That's so fun. get to dance. I'm Almighty yeah. Strauss on all platforms. I'm going to be streaming on Twitch the, tomorrow. Where we're playing Persona 5 Tactica. It's been fun. And you stream Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays. That is correct. At 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Which is the same time you start. Just yours Pickly. is 6.30 for you normally. But not on this Monday, which is going to be a bit later. Yes. And if you're listening to this after the fact, then it's back to the normal time. Yes. <laughs> Depending on when you're... Well, Time is weird when you're recording yourself, ain't it? <laughs> it really is. Time is real. Thing. But Time anyway, um, I think this is us signing off. Thank you for listening. And uh, you can email us at the Skeleton Crew Podcast at gmail.com. Do you want to suggest something? Always open suggestions. Yeah. We're always open for nah. suggestions, and especially if they're weird. If it's a weird, oh, yeah. bad movie, Sorrow's absolutely going to want us to watch it. <laughs> and he'll and, be like, yes. Yes. We'll do it. Well, you you take care. Have a good day, evening, whatever time it is where you're at. And uh, be well, darlings. And just remember, if you have an infernal engine in your heart, make sure it's working before you return to the normal mortal plane. Yes. And uh make sure you just don't don't put a weird orb in your chest. This is a bad idea. <laughs> Got that, Gale? No amount of tressums are gonna face save you from this one. <laughs> Goodbye everyone. Goodbye everybody.